salutations and welcome to the youth political podcast that is Politibabble, where this week it is all about the education system. I'm Oliver, and as usual, I'm joined by my sterling co-host, Archibald, as well as today's guest panellist, Eleanor. Hello. Yes, so we're back for another week where we're all talking about the education system and it's maybe, is it failing, is it working, and around that. So, yeah, what have you guys been all up to this week? Um, well, uh, well, myself and Archie, uh, we've both uh, just launched a sort of new campaign slash organisation group uh, called Youth Vote I Am. Um, just give us a little plug there. Uh, our, our main aim of, of Youth Vote I Am is to increase the voter turnout on the Isle of Man. And um, yeah, it's interesting and uh, exciting. But yourself, Eleanor, have you been up to much during the week? I've just been reading, to be honest. Like, there's nothing else much to do at the moment. Well, I suppose yeah. you've both now left uh, Compuls- the, the joy- compulsory education, the yes. joys of GCSEs. I suppose everyone, everyone here has been through compulsory education, so I suppose that is why. I suppose for, for many people in their life, it's it's probably one of the, the things politically that we can uh, all have views on because we've, uh, well, most of the people in the world have been, been educated. And I suppose it's one of the things in life that... Um, that we should be most fortunate for, um, because you know, well, educated or not, you still have to answer. I think is the most important question on the whole podcast, as we say every week. Eleanor, if you were a cake, what cake would you be? I would be a cheesecake because is it technically a cake? And it shows how like I'm quite a person to push the boundaries. So a cheesecake is it a cake? It can be whatever. I suppose that that is definitely a discussion. Is it uh, is a same as uh, is a jaffa cake a cake or is it a biscuit? I'd say cheesecake is a sort of cake, sort of tart. It kind of falls that mix between the two, depending on what, what the base is. Well, I it's baked I w- or not. Tart, I wouldn't particularly call it a tart. I think a tart. Uh, I just wouldn't. I wouldn't call it a tart particularly. What would you class a tart as then, Oliver? Something that consists of pastry. Which could you argue that it's a base? You could have a um, yes. A, a, what's uh, what's it? Oh. Usually it's a biscuit oh, base though. So. Banoffee pies technically a biscuit base. Yes, but it's a pie. It's not a tart. Yes, but pie <laughs> you could argue has pastry, and so it does get into a whole level of debate, which I suppose we're not. Uh, yeah, we're not. We're not mm-hmm. a pastry show. If you do want a Elizabethable um, baking show, I'm sure we did have one suggestion at some point for a Bake Off. Uh, whether that will happen, who mm. who knows? Who knows? So on my point before. Mm. Uh, about you know we've we've all been through the education system so it's something that we can relate on so uh, I suppose it comes to this this question which is is the education system working um, and you know the current style of education in the United Kingdom at the moment and the Isle of Man is that um, some may choose to go to a, a nursery or a playgroup before the age of four and then at that age they'll uh, after, when they reach four in September of, um, they will go to a primary school. Uh, until they reach the age of 11 and then uh, they'll go to a secondary school it, it's changed um, in, I know in Scotland and in Ireland you go at different times and other things but usually there's um, there's two steps um, and if you opt to then from the age of 16 to do a sick form or go to a college no, that's then, all not compulsory yeah, it's not compulsory no. but it's yeah it's going on for the further and then potentially uh, university um yeah so we addressed kind of the question of the week is the education system working 
Um, I suppose we'll give our views on that at the end. And we've seen quite a lot of, obviously, COVID hit us quite greatly. So I, I think COVID had more of an impact slightly on you because you had to then learn after COVID and still sit many assessments on. So what was kind of your experience? Um, I think that like at my school, we didn't have Zoom lessons over lockdown. We didn't have any support face to face over like even if it was through a laptop screen and it took teachers quite a while to reply to emails. So I think because of that, our year suffered quite a bit with how we learnt because we weren't getting taught the way we should have been. And then due to the exams being cancelled, I ended up sitting, I think I counted it around 75 mini assessments. Quite a lot, quite a lot. Yeah, for the 11 subjects I sit. So it's a bit like, is it fair on our students' mental health to be put through that as well? I I completely agree with you there, considering I've gone through a, um, well, we've gone through the same year. We've, you know, different schools have done things differently. and, And this is the annoying thing that I find with the Alamans education system and it probably happens in the UK as well because they have different exam boards, different schools, different types of schools but they're all under one, you know, if they're a, a, a public school is that they, they're all under one government but yet think other schools do things completely differently. You had 75 mini assessments, I think I counted about 16 or 17 that I had and uh, that's where it ranges. Um, so I suppose it's it, and, and like you say, it's it's not it's not fair. You'll have done more than the average person would do, or, or the the above the, the you know the amount of exams that uh, the above average person would sit. You've probably done more than that. It doesn't make sense. You've been in school for less time, and the, the support as well from from having the teacher strikes as well has has not been the same. So. But I, th- I think that that then proposes the question. There's, there's many of, t- of the views that maybe exams are more outdated methods of, of assessment. There's others who prefer kind of the traditional standpoint. It has been been said that our education system still derives from very Victorian methods of you learn X, Y, Z facts, you then put X, Y, Z facts in an essay and you answer an exam paper on X, Y, Z questions. And some have said, yes, it's got easier now, there's more applied stuff. So... It kind of does pose the important question. Do you think exams are still mainly the best mode of assessing students' capabilities and kind of giving them a qualification? Um, I think they're getting a bit outdated. I think if we look at the US's education system, that even though they have like a lot of weaknesses in places, their like point of views in homework, uh, quizzes, tests, like how you participate in class to get your final grade is a much better, like less stressful alternative that we could look at. Uh, I, 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 sorry to interject there, Archie, but I, I, I feel, uh, feel on a similar way is that, that there's this idea of, uh, that you, you have to perform. Uh, there's this idea that, okay, you fail, okay, you go on to do something else, you, you go to a college. The, 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 the support, the, the middle ground, it, it, it's, it's hard for some people. Um, and like you say, I know of one particular primary school, I was set homework quite a lot the other primary school they they, their rule was apart from like creative projects that they might have done as as, as a sort of homework they didn't have any and i know people of the similar level the same level to me and there is no difference you know in in, that's 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 primary school should there also be poet in primary school but going back i think to your point about uh, america system it is quite interesting because they do take literally everything and that i would for some people, yes, that's less stressful because you you don't have to worry about a single exam point at the end. 
But uh, it would pose the interesting question, does it actually make it more stressful? Because you know every single piece of your work, every single assignment, every bit of homework, you can't really afford to mess it up if you do want to get that top grade at the end. Mm. So does it maybe pose... It's, it's, it's obviously, you need a mix, I suppose, yeah. between two systems. Yeah, I like how in America they can make up work. So if they've mm. missed stuff, they can go and they can redo some like assessments and stuff, which I think would be a good idea over here. Especially because like, in my GC- I did start some actual GCSEs back in November and someone in my class actually fainted in the actual GCSE. Oh, crikey. And crikey. they basically put her in for special measures, but it's still unfair that if you're not feeling well that day or if you're not at your best, it's going to affect your grade. It could last for years. Mm. So, so maybe maybe it could be... I think there was one suggestion I know from my, my maths that there was, there's definitely a suggestion uh, to may, maybe... Uh, they used to have modular exams. So they used to have modular exams from maths A-level where they'd do one like, every term and you'd have to do... The first section was all non-calculated, taught it in different modules. So maybe modular exams, you think, maybe work slightly better as a, a working in the system? Yes, in some ways. I I've, I feel like they sometimes help. I mean, that that's a lot of what the things are in vocational studies, is that you do a little bit, you sit as some sort of assessment, and then you carry on, and you get you get to that end goal, and it's not, it's less stressful, and you, you know, you, you feel as though sort of more accomplished, because, um, I don't know, there's not as much stress, you know, you, you're doing a little bit at a time. Um, I, th- I think that's that's something that could be could be looked into um, because it's seen as such a big thing uh, exams and sort of so much pressure on them but sometimes the support leading up to them is not always the best way and I I, I, I forget sometimes that there's a um, that there's a sort of a curriculum kind of thing you know that, that you know that there is um, what what are they called syllabuses you know oh yeah, yeah and it's... and sometimes and the the way in which you know that that they are covered there's a lot to do and i think it's sometimes content as well for some exams for some subjects are easier and harder than others that's going to be for some ways anyway for some people how but uh, for how they find them but for some if you measured them to how much work and hours you've got got to put in compared to others you know some gcses if they were if they were measured properly would be worth more than others what I would pay post an interesting point because I, I know in A levels they say oh that's an easy A level X Y Z, but I would say it actually depends on the person. Some person might find maths really really easy, be rubbish at English. Other people might find English there's any work mm. for they can just go and write, but they have to work really hard for maths. So I wouldn't necessarily say but, it's a yes. dependent work. It's like you could have business as usually taken as a easy so called option, but for some people writing essays might be a particular weakness that's mm. actually harder but so it, it does i'd say depend depend on, on the but, person but but let's say for something like science you won't have you won't know much of that content before you learn it unless you have uh pre-knowledge or um have taken an interest no. in it you, you won't you know everyone's in the same sort of boat um, yeah, it's fair. so there's a lot of content to learn Whereas for something, you know, such as, I don't know, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, art, for example, you know, it's, it's your ideas. Uh, there's, not a lot, there's not a lot to learn, you know. You, Go, going into did. art, I did, I did two yes. art GCSEs. I did art and graphics. Let's, let's, let's get all corrected there. And 25% yeah. of your art grade was dependent on writing yep. and annotation. And I think that drags people down because mm. I had a friend who was dyslexic and couldn't write properly 
and really struggled, yet that brought her overall grade down because she wasn't getting the support for the writing, even though she's a brilliant mm-hmm. artist. But but the, it comes down to these exams at the end. Uh, you make a fair point there, but at the end of the day, it's for, for, for say, for art, there's not a lot of remembering you've got to do, whereas for science, if you've, you've got to know the equations, you've got to... Uh, and this is where it comes down to. I... I believe that it's not always these exams are not intelligence in 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 some ways it's remembering you know it's it, it I, don't, but, I don't know what your well, thought is you, on that archie you you, you, you seem to mentioning time the different skill sets people have some people best at writing some people not good at remembering others are really good at it uh, so i wouldn't say there is a model that there's a kind of one fits all model as i call it, one size fits all so we see maybe with, with exams, some people perform much better at those remembering exams. I know I perform really well at remembering exams. I do very well in them. But maybe the other moderate exams I would more I dislike because it means I have to be... I can't really afford to take any time off because I need to hit X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. So I think there's, there's a need to maybe remove the stigma behind, you know, like vocational qualifications or different like BTEC, for example, so you suit the different personalities and different learning capabilities with different things. That's why I would say the education system isn't working to maybe help certain students in certain places, but I wouldn't um, support kind of the total degradation of our current system because there's people who flourish under every system, so there needs to be a variety of systems mm-hmm. in place. But, it, but, it, but, but this, the problem is, is that, that the, 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 the remembering system, the, 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 the writing out of of things you know you, you get given questions you have to write a response and um or naming describing all these mm-hmm. other things is seen as as the way forward as as the you know the the best way to uh, measure someone's intelligence whatever the other ones are not seen in that way then they're, they're not seen as oh wow you know that they they can really prove something here because they've got this and they've got that grade. Yeah, but is, is it that, that, that's what I'm saying. But it's all about kind of removing the the stick behind it. It's not. It shouldn't be. Oh, you're uh, you can't perform well at writing a two hour and a half history paper. Oh, well, you must not be intelligent then. It, it's it's taking more, more of the attitude yeah, that no, I oh, agree with you, that. You you it's it's finding people's different uh, different working abilities. And it's like in the UK currently they have a shortage of people working in kind of vocational roles within uh, labour. And it's actually saying, actually, these are key components of our society. We need that, and we need that expertise in that area. You've you've only got to look at the lockdowns. You know, the the key the key workers, and unfortunately, the key workers that that, that helped um, society stay together to keep moving are some of the lowest paid people in society, and they don't uh, often require. Um, many uh too many qualifications well i think there's we, we're not getting into pay we're not here to talk about no process, but i'm though. just saying that you know um i i i just thought i'd raise that point i think looking at teachers as well is that are they realistically paid enough to be under the stress like that they are and like looking at how some teachers can get, make the difference between a kid failing or passing a class whereas some teachers just don't care and will leave you to like work it out yourself and I think looking at there's some teachers, like especially the young ones, who are just awfully stressed to the point like they've got the schools are still having to pay all this money to the exam boards, but the teachers have to mark everything at the moment. And mm. I think it's is it fair that they're maybe so stressed that their level of teaching is degrading, especially because like in the UK they have Ofsted, which is like monitoring how the teachers teach, but over here there is nothing. So I think especially if you get a teacher who maybe 
should be like teaching to higher standard isn't it can actually affect that kid's life because there's nothing to catch them teachers out so maybe we're better to have kind of like an oversight body here yeah. it's, a, no. I, I it's all about making accountable education making, yes. it's making transparent education i think there was originally a campaign over here um to kind of look at maybe putting league tables in is i think it it, it does yes put stress i maybe could confer stress on students from teachers trying to get the Ofsted XYZ rating. But it does kind of make that motivation in order to drive that better, I think. Uh, but we do, uh, I suppose we've talked a lot about kind of the secondary compulsory education, but we do face another side of education system, which is kind of within university. Um, and obviously over here we get, there's, there's government funding for university uh, and there's also government grants. And we, I suppose more generous than other UK neighbours, uh, etc. So should we, is, is our, let's say if we take UK for example, is the government not funding university, uh, like free, free university, does that affect the system? I think it does, especially because there'll be kids who are extremely bright and could be the first ones to go to uni in their family but just can't afford it because the family hasn't stayed up anything and there's like nothing to support them whereas the people who may be a bit more wealthy can afford to send their kids there and that's sort of creating that even further pay gap that we currently see mm. which I, I think i think what we've got to acknowledge is that different paths and and different routes and different types of exams and education s- are suit different people differently you know and that with the university sort of side is that um it's not for it's not for it's not for everyone and that you know i think if if you if you can pay you should pay and if you can't pay then you should get the assistance that that's there um but then the the people that um do want to pay should argue that uh, everyone must then pay you know and that's where you've got to you've got to cut the line but i suppose you know if you can't pay then i i think that there should definitely be government support but if you can then you should but you if you look at um uh kind of university education it is an investment a graduate will earn roughly between 100 and 130,000 pounds more uh thousand pounds more than their equivalent who didn't go to university and mm. the top end were earn five half a million plus more so is it really Kind of fair to to say that we should we should make kind of the average taxpayer Joe Bloggs who works uh, didn't go to university dropped out of school and kind of made his life doing something should he then have to pay for another person to go to university when he doesn't feel it's necessarily needed and then maybe does it um, actually increase government control on education maybe downsides to that I think it probably does in a way but looking as well at the fact that over here I think there's a grant there was definitely a few years ago where if you agree to come back and teach over here, if you go get your degree, you don't actually ever have to pay back your student loan that you take mm. out, which I think that could be a possibility, like looking at the careers that are heavily needing people and maybe suggesting that like if you go to uni and study this, you'd never have to pay back your student loan because you're providing to the country rather than go into something that's already heavily uh, oversubscribed. Obviously, so long as you go into that sector, because I can yeah. say, oh, yes, I go to uni, yeah. just get the education, I get to become a teacher, and then afterwards go into something totally different. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does, talking about university and even our education system over here, there is a kind of almost left-wing bias in many sorts of things. So does that affect our education and what, we, what we're putting into the minds of our children? Not that we have children, but, you know, just uh, mm. as in children in general. Because um, I, I definitely think it is uh, important 
parts and especially within kind of UK universities there's a giant culture of removing kind of the debate in education and even though like in schools there's not that necessarily um, non-partisan view I know that I think it was might have been Balakameen uh, the uh, other f- a week a week or few ago had an assembly endorsing Joe Biden which doesn't necessarily present an equal side of the view so do you think that it's affecting us I suppose you know schools now look at um being a lot more inclusive um and uh look at a lot more uh range of views which i think's a a good idea and you're seeing a lot more um places for for students views to be expressed which i think's good um and student bodies and um student student debate panels um but then again, I think you know that there, there there should be a chance for students to to put some input, you know, as they leave the 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 Alamans education system, to uh to to put forward their ideas and, and what they thought well and, and what they thought didn't well and it's coming back to that sort of off the 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 regulator the the Ofsted, and you know did you did you at all feel let down? Do, you know were there were there the pro- what problems were there? I mean nothing's ever going to be perfect but there's always going to be ways to improve it um but but eleanor your your thoughts um i think there should be like people taking into account of how they feel and everything and i feel that people don't often listen to the children the students so it's just what teachers think whereas teachers don't always have an understanding especially senior leadership don't have the understanding of what it's like for some kids especially because going into primary school I volunteer with Girl Guiding and my group that I volunteer with are quite high class and aren't, you know, under the poverty line. Whereas I also volunteer in a certain primary school, which I think has 36% on free school meals. And looking at the difference at the same age in speech and development in general, there is a shocking difference. And I think it's looking about how that difference is going to be taken up further on, how we support them kids especially. Definitely. No, I I've, I feel as though, you know, and, and this is the great thing that, that school is, is for everyone. And, and the best thing about school is is learning about ourselves and learning about others. And and um, and it, yeah, it's it's not all school, in, in my opinion, isn't all about exams. And I I don't I don't I think exams are a good are a good way of measuring. But I think there should be more taken into account and think there should be uh, I, th- I think we do need to invest a lot more into into schooling and like you say with with the people leaving the island and coming back and not having you know if if you're going into training you know working up at uh, Nobles Hospital or go, coming back as a teacher but we've got to we've got to not look into just those those areas we've got to look into a lot more uh, different different areas um, so that we can draw attraction uh, back to the back to the but island. Are we are we even teaching about the right things? We see a kind of a lack of awareness, especially within youth. Uh, we we're putting out a survey at the moment. Um, so if you do see that, do fill it in. Um, there is we're not actually being talked about maybe the important things like how to fill in a tax return, how to go out and vote, how maybe to engage in politics mm. or even about climate change. Yeah, I think definitely within mm. especially voting. Um, I mean, just finished year 11 and only one teacher on the top of my head has told us about voting i think his exact words were a bit of history and then get registered or i will haunt you i'm nearly old enough to do that and that is the only teacher who's ever spoken to us about voting so i think there's quite a few of my friends who didn't even know we were old enough to register to vote which i think is like really bad and just in general Mm. is a lack of 
publicization by the school. Yeah, I suppose um, there's a lot of things that, you know, that, that they could say, okay, you learnt this and learnt this. And I, and I, it was someone was saying to me as well, you, you know, you work all the way through to these exams. So why aren't you, for example, from the youngest age, say, for example, let's take English, why aren't you working on your coursework from the day you start? Because that's all you need and you can learn the different mm. aspects but th there's a lot of skills and other things i'm just taking this subject for example because it's quite an easy one and lots of people do it is that you know there's a lot of skills where you can learn the skills all the different uh, types and and all this but then you can um you can you can work on that because that is seen as 50 percent of your grade so would... work on that a lot earlier that that's just you know that's one of my thoughts on things that we can i definitely question uh, that english is an easy subject Did, i didn't i didn't say <laughs> you that said, you said it's a never mind uh you I, you said uh, it's an easy subject, so I I did not say that. I said it, everyone does that subject. <laughs> My opinion: English is one of the hardest yeah, subjects. Yeah, no, I, no, but, I, but, I, but, I but, but think that. It's time to hear from our listeners. That's my so, button. Uh, it's, there we are. There's your buzz button, uh, Oliver. So we did hear from quite a variety of people today. I had a poll out as well. So we saw about 80% of people thought the education system is failing, uh, which is interesting considering most of those are actually in education currently. So I think there's definitely been exposures from our COVID pandemic and kind of exams. Are they made for the best system? So we heard from, from the likes of Elizabeth saying, I, I feel like... Like, yes, the education system could be better. So it's mainly building on that. There's still ways to far to go. And Josh has said not enough support for those middle people. I know Oliver mm. and I do talk about in the, uh, in the car on the way here uh, always. We do mention uh, about kind of the middle people in education, kind of the laps there. They focus on different ends of the yeah. spectrum. And I feel, and, mm. and they are the people that tend to often not get as much support or left to drop you know that can do or get off the radar they'll be fine you know and this is this is where you know um things can can go wrong um but uh, ailish uh sorry not ailish yeah uh, you'll, you'll come to her in a moment but era has said uh, yes i think so because it only fits for the average student it doesn't help if you're above or below average the work would either be too easy or too difficult it doesn't take into account different learning styles that suit different students so i think it is and that that touches on my point uh, entirely which i think we've all come to the the idea the consensus that uh, have we well we'll see, we'll see in a minute well, I, I, I don't I, jump no, to that, 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 that we agree on we agree on that would would you would you would you agree that we think that, that you know it's there's different styles for everyone well and, yeah there's obviously different styles well, yes, yeah yes. so I, you know i was just yeah. But I think there's also been we've had quite a lot of comments about are we teaching the right things? So Henry says it's too woke, almost teaching about kids the wrong things about life and doesn't prepare them to work. We've continued that theme with kind of Adam saying yes, it's too outdated for the needs of our modern society. We should be taught more to be innovative. Mm. Uh, I can't pronounce that word. And then Catherine said <laughs> I believe that we should be taught about taxes, real life problems, actual important things. I suppose lots of education. I'm not sure how you feel, Adam, but lots of education does teach us like in my maths oh let's work out this angle in a triangle yeah. will i use that in my day job most likely not i think the most that we've ever been taught about is through the likes of junior achievement which is an incredible charity which provides all this information but i don't think schools should have to rely on outside organizations and charities to come in and teach the kids i think it should just be included in like the maths gcse syllabus for example to like get them a gcse but also provide them with life skills hmm uh, Definitely, yeah, I feel I feel like most subjects could could offer there, and 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 think life skills if they're going to you know use them, it's it's often seen as a bit of a 
don't don't do drugs, kids. That, yeah. That's that's base, that's basically uh, the 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 essence of life skills. But we've heard again. I think there's quite a lot of baby uh, about kind of overlooking kind of students and uh, like focusing on percentage of jobs. Fitch has said uh, secondary education focuses on things that were only percentage of jobs will require or overlooking the mental health of students uh, studying materials they won't necessarily need and standardised testing is a flaw for many students so that, that theme it's interesting the themes have continued it's not just kind of one person saying one thing themes continue here and Lucy has said uh, I knew the workload would be a step up but the amount we expected to manage especially when all our teachers say take a break in time for yourself as mm. well as being expected yeah. to maintain our mental health and other commitments is insane so I think there's this very key view that our education system does kind of take, expect too much from us as students and doesn't actually teach us about the things we need later in life. Yeah, I think like looking at CAMS, for example, um, I think CAMS currently has an 18-month waiting list, which is mental and just is showing how education in a way is affecting the young people of today. Mm. There's got mm. to be there's got to be something that's there's got to be something that's causing it. Yeah. Um, so which, what what do we think? Do we think education is a is a is a broken system? Do we think it's still working? Is it working? Is it failing? I think there needs to be um, quite drastic changes to it. I I don't think it's failing. I don't think it's failing. No, I'm I'm not going to say that. But I think there needs to be changes. Is it working? Um, not 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 entirely not no. very well okay no. i don't think it works for everyone i think there is needs to be changing to make sure everybody's on an even playing like field and that yes it works for some people at the moment but i think it needs to be changed so that kids aren't as stressed and that we're all equal and we all have the same chances in life no definitely. matter the background definitely yeah mm. that, that, that everyone can 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 do can do go into something different and and do 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 what they want and have that level level playing field. I, I would say that that has kind of at least uh, in my experience been been has been emphasised kind of with the introduction of more like BTEC science, uh, etc. Kind of with maths as well, and then looking at uh, saying to people we've had that in our sixth form. Let's think. What do you want to do after sixth form? There's plenty of other opportunities like vocational, like doing apprenticeship, like going away to university. Yeah. Presenting all the options. I think it is definitely working a lot better than maybe it was a while ago because there is that more uh, holistic approach to education there is those vocational activities so i would say it is currently working there's improvements which can be made like making sure there's more partisan education there's more education about voting uh, like taxes all of that all the important life stuff could definitely be incorporated more i do think it does work to it to, to a degree hmm. yes definitely I, I i agree on that as well um I feel as though that that should be implemented a lot more. I think things could be changed, and and think things that are quite, uh, quite a lot of content, uh, should be taken. You know, things that do we really need to know about that? You know, look at its purpose. Uh, definitely. Well, we did forget to find a political uh, historical figure for this week, so please do excuse our lapse of judgment there. But uh, guess what? We do have. We have the Isle of Man's news, the latest headlines and coverage of the whole week. So the Isle of Man borders have uh, completely opened for the double vaccinated. There has been, uh, or currently is, 11 active cases. There's public outrage on the elm trees in St. Mark's. Today was the final sitting of the House of Keys. And a youth group organisation has been launched. Youth Vote I Am. That's it for this week. Why they don't broadcast it on the news, I really don't know. That 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 is something I think. Uh, yes, uh, we should we should hijack someday. Uh, not that we 
plan on hijacking if you are from Max Radio and listening. Uh, no, no, we're definitely not doing that. Uh, yeah, so it has been an interesting week, I suppose. Uh, the main story in the headlines was obviously, I think, the elm trees in St. Mark's gathered yeah, about. The elm trees and COVID. 25,000, uh, it was it like 30,000? 31,000. 31, 31,000 signatures, there we go. Mm. Um, I, yeah. I, yeah, I think peop, uh, I was listening to the uh, Hazaki sitting earlier today and there was lots of discussion on on what was going on it was a hot 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 potato uh yeah. the keys passing around yeah yes but uh i i think they should be should be kept uh, i think everyone thinks that the whole tunnel's going when it was said that it's only 25 trees i think they're planting uh, like 250 or something in the place yeah, i think that there, there is uh i suppose some misconception i'm uh the thing is i i i can see the both sides of it uh, i'm with an environmental mm. also looking at maybe the speed limits and that, that maybe was another option for change but obviously if you're coming from the planning mm. point of view i'm a private citizen landowner i can't change the speed yes, limits on my yeah. stretch of road it's hard yeah. to get that change but look i think either way i think we'll get some sort of resolve now i think um, yeah i think it's especially bad that there have been people harassing the people who own the land and they have young children which i think is especially wrong but the, in a way so. it's, it's, I, I would have had more problem if they'd said we're cutting down the whole thing yeah. uh, and we're not planting any trees to replace but look i think they, they do try to be responsible they yeah. are adding more trees yeah. but 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 they may although um the minister boot was saying today that basically um uh unless there's some sort of um you, you have to do a mm petition appeal thing now i'm not uh, petition of grievance or whatever it's it's called yeah basically they they left it too late at the process yeah Yeah, they they, maloo commissioners just ignored it and it went through planning all jolly and well and then after like appeals closed that's when everybody but it does show the sign blind we we know our first time i was in manx radio for example there's actually there is actually sign on door saying you will be recorded on video I didn't notice that. It's sign blind. The, the planning went up, but if people don't choose to look, they don't necessarily realise. Yeah. That's, that's kind no. of that's quite a... Yeah, um, and, and, and yeah, I suppose, you know, th- there's discussion on it. We've just got to wait and see what happens further. But um, the Alaman borders have completely opened for the double vaccinated. Not um, us, we, we can't. No. Yeah, unfortunately. We're just, just, just a test and release for, for anyone that's not been double vaccinated, but you can still come to the Alaman, whether you're a resident or not. Yes. Um, my grandparents can come over and it's easier for them to come back to the island go to come to the island visit than it is for mm-hmm. me to come back yeah <laughs> it's but, very but, funny but, but, but sadly fr- from this over the past few weeks the alaman boards have gradually opened more and more we now have um, 11 active cases um, but I, I find a really interesting point about the vaccinated I, i'm all for opening back up our economy opening back up after covid but it has been shown that the vaccinate, I think it was in the BBC News kind of uh, top correspondence, he got COVID after being double vaccinated. I think 7%, 7% in hospital yeah. are double vaccinated yeah. as well. And it's quite interesting how, well, I would be fine with it if I was vaccinated, but I'm not vaccinated. The government won't vaccinate me. Um, and yet there's still a risk now I could catch it mm. quite easily. Yeah, so we now... I don't go to uh, one of the, the schools which has it, so I'm... Yeah. Uh... <laughs> so, so we now touch on so to fun. our Youth Voter I Am, which I explained a little about earlier. But I suppose it's just... Um, uh, if, if you want to sort of find find out a bit more, unless Archie has anything else to add, uh, you could follow us on any of our social media platforms, which at the moment are Facebook, Twitter and uh, Instagram. Instagram uh, uh, just... At Youth Voter I Am, or yeah. emails at 
uh, youth vote I am at gmo.com. But yeah. yeah, have you seen our campaign? Uh, yeah, yes. I have a head of six form, put it on our Google Classroom. Oh, you put it on? Yeah, to fill in the form. Oh, to fill in the form. Oh, yes. of course. Oh, yes, I, I know you're head of six form. Yes, yes. I'll be right. Yes. Yeah, well, very helpful. Yeah, yes. very, very thankful. Oh, we hope you filled in the form. That's, yeah. yes, very yeah. good. Yeah, we've had quite a far. Uh, quite a few responses. Uh, we some, we've, we've had some. Oh, I can give some interim figures if you want. Yeah. One, we, we I think we've had like 120 responses in a day or something, which is very very good. Um, but it does look like an overwhelming majority of like like 70 percent so far uh, have said they don't feel well informed enough to vote. I think that's a very interesting is, is, issue, and we've seen that obviously in our education. We've looked at maybe we're not educating maybe about the right things. They don't necessarily mm. know. Yeah. Am I registered to vote? How do I go and vote? What do I want need to look at? What issues matter to me? That's kind of very very key there. Yeah. So uh, I think I think now Archie is the perfect time to go over to our uh, UK uh, and international yes. news bef- correspondent but yourself. Bef- but, but before that, I do want to mention it's very interesting with uh, knowing HKs. Only forty two percent. No, forty two percent couldn't name a single one of their constituents. Mm. I think I'm lucky because I live in middle, so I obviously have how quail as. My, one of my MHKs, which I think... Can you name the other one, though? Bill Shimmy. Ah, very good, very yeah. good. Well, research before coming on, I must say. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes, indeed. Um, yeah, so I think it's fascinating, the name recognition. And obviously, I think Boris Johnson actually has more name recognition than Howard Quayle so far. So we'll see that competition yes. ramp up in the few weeks. I'm sure we'll release our results somehow. And you'll all hear about it. So, yes, we do come into our joyful international news where... We have, obviously, the joyful uh, Matt Hancock affair. Uh, I have a brilliant meme to try and describe. Uh, Zuma, uh, South, uh, previous South African president, was sentenced into jail. Uh, the British Navy had a skirmish near Crimea with some Russian warships. And some uh, Ministry of Defence documents were found at a bus stop, which uh, so that was quite, quite, was quite shocking then. Obviously, the, the big thing in the week which has kicked off is the uh, Matt Hancock affair. Uh, I must say my favourite uh, one of him. Uh, I won't. I can't actually read out what the, meth- the tweet was, but the picture was Matt Hancock. And it was doing his press ups, but it was superimposed, so it looked like he had lots of legs and looked like a spider. So it's like the pitter pass of the Matt Hancock spider coming towards you. Wow. Yes. Yes. No. Uh, I'm. I'm not impressed. Um, <laughs> no, nor am I. Is I, anyone? I was. I was expecting. You know. I was expecting something bad to to sort of come out of him soon, and for him to go. You know. People have been waiting on it for weeks and months, if you know, and and um, I think the video's quite like graphic in a way. Yeah, yes. it's just has an image. In I your do head. wonder how they got the camera there. It's, it does. It it's... does pose a question: Should the Secretary of State actually have camera in his office? Because there's private confidential meetings going on yeah. there. He should be able to know he's conducting things securely. He didn't know. I don't. Uh, think. But obviously, this yeah, kind of. Mm. I can understand CCTV for safety purposes, but someone being able to access it and put it out there to the media, is that the right thing, realistically? Yes, I, I agree. So it, it is fascinating. So I'm sure we, we actually all agreed that he, he was in the wrong. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. We've agreed on something, uh, which I suppose is sometimes it's a nice welcome relief, usually. <laughs> um, yeah, so another one, I think, it does pose a really interesting question. Is our country actually securing its secrets well? Because uh, 60 uh, MOD briefing papers were found uh, in a pile at a bus stop. Uh, and then they're acquired by a local person who then handed them into the BBC saying, oh, I found these. <laughs> and then the BBC chose to then run a story with it, um, which I think wow. uh, they surely should have just given them back to the we, Ministry of Defence. But we've, we've seen this as that, um, we, we've seen this before throughout um, 
the past few months, the past year or so of of, of leakages and and um, sort of um, Home Affairs not having a great control on. I think on there's a difference between leakages from Home Affairs and leakages from the military. Yeah, uh, there's yeah, more marked but, official uh, and UK eyes only that secret. But, yes, but yeah. you know it's an inconsistency throughout the government. So, well, I, d- I think it does pose really interesting questions on like, is, is our are we actually secure? Do we have a national security? Because obviously Russia seems to infiltrate everywhere now. Uh, mm. If you're Russian and listening, we don't. Yeah, yeah, we have no problem with you. Uh, but yeah, it, it does seem like Russia does. Russia does have influence everywhere. So it could be. Yeah, I'm not sure what you do. You think anything particular? The only thing that springs to mind is a few years ago that Russian submarine that was found in Irish waters. Oh, yes, yes. Which I think yes. just shows how our world's a bit not exactly sharing stuff that they should be, but other stuff sort of sleeping through that yeah. shouldn't be. Well, we don't know what goes on the walls. We see out there beautiful yeah. blue sky, beautiful blue uh, ocean, uh, and we like we can see the ships on the surface. So anything underneath, there could be a giant uh, squid under there or a um, sea monster, who, for all we know, but it, it, it's so unknown. It's, it's so, it's, it shows kind of the world still does have very unknown pockets. Like we, No one in the public would know anything about the military plans uh, no. so it does show kind of how we entrust our representatives in governments and then that kind of comes to us. So we do come to, I think, one of my favourite parts of the week, uh, which is our guest takeover, where we head to the land of uh, book talk. So, Alamo, you have a minute to speak without hesitation, deviation or repetition, that's from the BBC Radio for just a minute, about book talk. Well, book talk is a section of TikTok which suggests with people suggesting books that they want to read and I think it's extremely interesting because it is inspiring a new generation of readers who probably would have never picked up a book before for example me who read like I read a lot picked up a book called They Both Die at the End which isn't my sort of book yet is now one of my favourite books of all time and I think it's extremely enjoyable to see all these new books and authors that would never have had their books discovered now blowing up and especially it's developing me to like read classics and making worthless books. But then again, on the other hand, worthless books, which are a bit awful and promoting the wrong things, are also getting hype. Um, so I think it's sort of inspiring new readers, which I think is really interesting in showing how a social media can be used for a good thing to get teenagers into reading. And yeah. Very good. Um, so on that sort of note, as well as we as we fall into our recommendations obviously this is a great thing about uh social media yeah yeah it's about social media so we can we can um we can exchange our uh our, our views and and people go well you know if, if you're of similar uh opinions and views and and, and you you share um you enjoy similar things is that you can recommend things to each other it does okay. kind of open the world up to more i i know i i i i suppose i have too many books to read, so I don't look for more recommendations. But I it does it does try to think connectivity of the world now. We see we we talk we talked about kind of uh, poly talk before with like the politics side of it, and now I got the book side, which is fascinating. I must say, it does yeah, it's definitely interesting what people can do now with social media. Yeah. Mm. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it. Oh, I do. I do love reading a book. It is. It mm. is a joy. A joyful. A joyful thing to do. So. We come where the aircraft carrier ticks off and we head to our recommendations. 
So, Eleanor, do you have... Well, I'm sure you're going to have lots of reading recommendations for us, but what what recommendations do you have for us this week? Um, Well, I have two for listening, actually. I have one, I think you mentioned, Archie, a few weeks ago, You're Dead to Me, which is Ah, obviously a history podcast that our history teachers recommended us to watch. Excellent. Yeah, Yeah. And then I also have a podcast called The Wooden Spoon, which is Mm. run by a few study tubers over in England, and it's just like talking about positive mental health and how to improve like your look and life and stuff then for reading i have the song of achilles which is another book talk book but i feel like i'm not going to describe what it is because i feel like the enjoyment of it is reading it not knowing what's going to happen and not only knowing it's about greek mythology ah fascinating yeah mm. and, then, and then for watching i'll always recommend Grey's anatomy and ncis which i feel like everybody knows but you can't go wrong uh, yes I, i've never watched any of the i've not watched them i've heard of them i've heard of them they have yeah. good ra- name recognition yeah. recognition but, i must say but archie what are your recommendations well, i was going to come to you but i think oliver skimped on his recommendations yes. to us this week uh, maybe very, next week guys yes. that's why you should stay tuned for next week yes to find out if oliver week. ever gets recommendations again well this week uh reading wise i would kind of recommend um there was a brilliant book I've read. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I might have mentioned it before. Uh, Dictatorland is one of them, but also uh, mm. Africa uh, by Richard Dowden is fascinating. Fascinating mm. book there. Uh, watching ra- what? 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 Get my words out. Watching ra- wise, uh, I have. I must say um, the performance of Savid Javid uh, towards um, <laughs> one of the Labour MPs uh, uh, questioning him over a second job and say you've been taking X Y Z money over COVID, making this much. Yes, but it's not actually from the government. But he just said, uh, I think the honourable gentleman has to try a lot harder than that and just sat down. So I think looking at Savage Javid and his statements are fascinating. I do recommend all his YouTube political videos. Uh, but they are really quite interesting to watch to get insight on, on the world of politics. Mm. And listening, I've been listening to an absolutely excellent podcast by BBC World Service called The Lazarus Heist, all about kind of... Uh, uh, North Korea and their hackers and computer experts kind of uh, using their skills for criminality and trying to try the whole quick stories around a story produced and they were taking uh, trying to take a billion pounds from the Nigerian not Niger, sorry Bangladesh Federal Reserve Fund so I think that's fascinating I do recommend watching I won't spoil any more of it uh, mm. but it is not watching I do recommend give us a listen it's very easy to listen and I'd say very very good so before we wrap up uh, this week's episode of Policy Babble, um, what 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 three things do you think that uh, education organisations slash governments around the world could do to to improve things for students? Um, I think for definite they can look at how they do their exams, maybe reduce the number of exams needed, and increase the length of the over. So doing module exams, for example, I think they also need to look at how like that people's wealth can affect their education maybe look at supporting like the middle people and just making sure everybody starts an even playing field and i think also looking at textbooks the price of textbooks and just looking at whether some schools providing them and others shouldn't they should maybe be an equal number of textbooks for students to be able Mm. to give them all even whatever the exam board an equal start Mm -hmm. i think a level playing field is 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 certainly something that 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 needs to be taken on board but thank you very much uh for coming on today and again if you'd uh like to be a guest on Policy Babble, uh, we'd very much like to hear from you, and uh, we do enjoy having our guests on, as it does uh, 
have a, a uh, increased range of views amongst the panel. And, and uh, we're not so one-sided. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, so that concludes our brilliant episode that, of Pillars of Babel. Um, for this week, join us next time for a discussion about something related to colonialism. I know this week we're supposed to do cancer culture, but that got cancelled. Mm-hmm. So leave hey, a like, back with that. subscribe, and stay tuned for more. As usual, you can find all the podcast versions on your favourite podcast providers. Uh, get in touch at Politababble on all forms of social media and let us know your views. You've been Politibabbled. <laughs> <laughs>